You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is a bonus episode. Welcome to Veggie Doctor Radio. I am your host, Dr. Yami, board-certified pediatrician, certified lifestyle medicine physician, certified health and wellness coach, author, speaker, mother, wife, and human being. I passionately believe in the power of diet, habits, and mindset in sparking and sustaining well-being and joy in our lives. This podcast combines expert interviews and thoughtful monologues to explore plant-based nutrition, lifestyle medicine, parenting, mindset, and other exciting and fun topics. I hope that these episodes inspire you, uplift you, and equip you with the knowledge and tools to live your best life. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Welcome veggie lovers. I'm going to talk about beans today. You may have caught one of my lives on Facebook or Instagram, but I'm going to break it down for you again because there's not too much repetition when it comes to beans. Remember, I'm a bean pusher and fiber is my favorite F word. So we're going to get into it today. Let's talk all about beans. First of all, before I launch into it, just a couple of things. Thank you to Courtney Bostrom, who helped gather some of the research and statistics that I'm going to share with you today. I really appreciate her work doing some of that background digging for me. And also, I want to shout out to all of you, my listeners, whether you're listening to me on your favorite podcast player, or if you're watching me on YouTube, thank you so much. Can you do me a favor? Can you take a screenshot of the podcast you're listening to, whether you're on your podcast player or whether you're on YouTube, can you take a screenshot, post it to your social media and tag me? I would love to get that shout out. I will share it, reshare it, comment and engage with you. But I just really want to get more eyes on my podcast because guess what? We are getting so close to half a million downloads of Veggie Doctor Radio. That's right, we are almost at 500,000 downloads of Veggie Doctor Radio. And there's so many of you out there that are loyal listeners, loyal viewers. I would love it if you help me spread the word, get more people listening, sharing, so that we can help spread the message of well being, longevity, and joy. Thank you for that. Okay, let's talk about beans. So first of all, beans, for some reason, I have noticed, well, I think I know what some of the reasons are. There's probably other reasons. I have noticed that here in America, here in the United States, people are just not comfortable with beans. And I think part of it is just cultural. We don't have familiarity with them. We don't cook them as much. We've maybe forgotten some of the ethnic cuisines that utilize beans. I think there might also be this stigma around beans of the gas and maybe bloating that people get because they're not used to eating beans or maybe they're just thought of not being a yummy food. But for whatever reason, we don't eat many beans. Here's the amazing news. There are over 400 varieties of edible beans in the world. 
400 varieties. Can you believe that? That is a lot of beans. But in the United States, we consume only about seven and a half pounds of beans per person per year. You might think, well, that sounds like a lot. It's not compared to the 40 pounds of cheese that each person eats per person per year in this country and 222 pounds of red meat and poultry per person per year in the United States. So seven and a half pounds is measly, okay? We can do better and I'm going to tell you why I think you should think about this. Now in the US, we typically consume about 15 varieties of beans. The most common, you can probably guess it, pinto, the good old pinto beans. And I think it's because we're pretty comfortable with Mexican cuisine, right? Like tacos and burritos, usually refried beans, they're very delicious. We also consume navy beans, great northern, dark red kidney, light red kidney, black, garbanzo, my personal favorite, azuki, small red baby lima, green baby lima, large lima, black eyed peas, cranberry, and pink beans. So those are the most commonly consumed beans in the United States, but we just don't eat that many beans overall. But why should we consume beans? I really think that beans are the ultimate health food. I get so excited if I hear that my patients are eating beans every day. I get even more excited if they're eating beans multiple times a day. And I include the whole legume family here. I say beans just because I feel like it's a more accepted term. But legumes encompasses everything, including split peas and lentils, which are amazing. So here I'm referring to all legumes. Number one benefit, can you guess my favorite F word? Fiber, fiber. And why is fiber so important, so amazing? I'm gonna give you four reasons. Number one, what we all know already, it keeps you regular. We have to have enough fiber in our gut to create bulk so that we can have nice, soft, easy bowel movements. When you're looking for fiber, the biggest bang for your buck is going to be beans legumes. On average, seven grams of fiber per serving. The average serving size for beans regardless of what type of bean it is, is going to be about half a cup of beans. Seven grams of fiber per serving. So that's gonna be your biggest bang for your buck when it comes to a whole plant food. As a reminder, animal products have zero natural fiber. Now processed food companies are trying to get clever and add fiber into those foods, but naturally there is no fiber found in dairy, eggs or meat, okay? All fiber is found in plant foods, but in the whole plant food world, beans are your biggest bang for your buck. Seven grams of fiber per serving. So that's number one. And now for a very important message. If you feel that you need more help with cooking beans and implementing them into your meals and snacks, guess what? 
We have a free resource. We have created a download that has lots of recipes from some amazing experts that I've collaborated with over the years that have breakfast recipes and lunch recipes, dessert and snack recipes. If you want your hands on this download, go to dryami.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-A-M-I.com forward slash beans, dryami.com forward slash beans for your free download that has lots of bean recipes so that you can start integrating beans all day long. Tell me what you think. Number two, satiety. You know what's great about beans is that they're filling. They help you feel full and satisfied, give you that sense of satisfaction, that you've had enough food, you're feeling nice and good, but they are lower in calorie density compared to meat. So on average, beans have about five to 600 calories per pound. Beef, on the other hand, about 1,100 calories per pound. Now you may be thinking, I'm not gonna eat a whole pound of either of those foods, but when you compare it, you have double the calorie saturation in meat, or at least beef in this case, than you do in beans. So even if you're having a smaller amount, the saturation, the concentration of calories is going to be more in meat. And one of the reasons that is, is because remember, there's no fiber in meat. There's no fiber. So, and all meat has fat, even if it's low fat meat, like you've taken off the visible fat, there's still going to be fat within the cells. So that fat, brings up the calorie density because fat has on average nine calories per gram, okay? And beans, super high in fiber, high water content when you cook them and they're very satisfying. So the calorie density really helps there. Number three of why fiber is so awesome is because fiber works in our hepatocirculatory system to eliminate excess cholesterol, excess hormones, things that may be in our bloodstream that we want to eliminate with waste. So that fiber is there in our digestive system. The hepatocirculatory system helps bring those things that shouldn't be in there and then we eliminate it. That's why you may hear things like claims like, you know, oatmeal can decrease your risk of heart disease, those kinds of things by decreasing your cholesterol. It's happening through that system, the hepatocirculatory system. But oats aren't special. I mean, I love oats. They're my favorite, one of my favorite grains. They're not special in that they, they're not the only whole plant food that has fiber. All whole plant foods have fiber and beans are really great because they're your biggest bang for your buck and they have soluble and insoluble fiber, which helps with a lot of things. So that hepatocirculatory system really helps clean out your bloodstream, okay? And you need fiber in your gut for it to work. And then finally, number four, beans are a great source of prebiotics. You've heard of probiotics. Those are the microbes, the little gut bugs you have in your digestive system that can work with us and be very altruistic and well, not altruistic. Um, what is the word? It's just completely skipped my mind, but you know, they work along with us instead of working against us. Okay. So whenever we 
feed our bugs the right thing, then we promote the growth of those bugs that work with us rather than harm us. And we want to give them a variety of diversity of different fibers. Bees are a great source of fiber, very prebiotic, very, very good. Um, and so that that those are the four reasons why fiber is so good. And like I said, beans are a great source of fiber. So it keeps you regular, keeps you pooping, keeps you satisfied, decreases your excess cholesterol and hormones, and they're prebiotic. Okay, second benefit to beans, antioxidants. We usually think of antioxidants from like fruits and vegetables, which definitely great source of antioxidants. All whole plant foods have antioxidants at different levels. We think of all these colorful foods, you know, these beautiful exotic tropical fruits and leafy greens, and yes, they're amazing. We wanna eat those foods. But I think beans, you just don't think of them that way because a lot of them are brown, you know? So you don't really think of brown things as being like bursting with antioxidants, but they are, they are so rich in antioxidants. And beans are also colorful. It's just that after we cook them, we may not see the color as much, but some of the highest antioxidant count foods are beans, including things like red beans and black beans and pinto beans, really high in antioxidants. So you're getting this fiber number one, you're getting antioxidants, and antioxidants work to decrease our chronic and acute diseases, infections, things like that. They work to uh, optimize our body and fight against free radical damage, okay? Number three benefits of beans is vitamins, nutrients, and minerals. Oh my gosh, beans are packed. Now let's talk about macronutrients first because we're obsessed with those. I hate even bringing this up because I don't wanna emphasize it, but yes, beans are an amazing source of protein. They're also an amazing source of complex carbohydrates. Yes, so good. And all whole plant foods also have a little bit of fat, but it's very low in fat, but just the amount of fat that you need to help absorb important nutrients. But you got the protein, you got the complex carbs, you got the fat in there. And of course, each bean has a different percentage or level of these things. Some might be higher percentage than others, but they all have these components in them, okay? So those are the macronutrients. Then we have some minerals and vitamins, B vitamins, iron, copper, magnesium, manganese, zinc, phosphorus, and calcium. So these are great sources of iron, on average, between three and six milligrams per cup of beans. Some of them are higher than others. For example, soy and red kidney beans, six milligrams per cup. Um, and so this is a really good source of iron because for adults, you don't need as much as you think. So eating beans, especially like lentils, are a really great source of iron. Calcium, between 75 and 200 milligrams per cup. So soybeans have 200 milligrams per cup, pinto beans 75 milligrams per cup. So having beans regularly in your diet 
is a great source to get calcium and iron. However, there are some other things that you can do. For example, calcium set tofu, which is a more minimally processed form of legumes from the soybean, you get even more calcium that way. So that is a, a really great way to get calcium and iron on a plant-based diet. And then, like I said before, you get your magnesium, all of these foods, all of these nutrients, phosphorus, that make sure that our body is working optimally. Okay, so that was number three. Number four benefits is longevity. So this is really cool. One of the only foods that we have seen in association with longevity. So for every 20 grams of beans that you consume, which is a little over a tablespoon, every 20 grams of consumed beans decreases your risk of premature death by 8%. So each 20 gram increase decreased by 8% premature death. Can you imagine that? And I eat beans sometimes three times a day, so I may never die. So hopefully you like what I'm saying because I'm going to be talking many years. That's really awesome. And we know that all the blue zones, so these are places around the world that have people that live long, healthy lives to their 90s and their 100s. They're independent, they're home with family, they're out working, they're serving their purpose, they're happy, they have good well-being. In these places, one of the things that they have in common with their diet is that they all consume some form of legume, some form of bean in their diet. So this is really, really great to have that information. Okay, so those are the benefits. Eat beans, you wanna eat beans. However, there's gonna be arguments, okay? So let's talk about the arguments against eating beans and we'll leave the gas for the last one because I think that there's a lot of things I can say about that, but let me, let me start with lectins. You may or may not have heard of lectins. Now, Dr. Steve Gundry wrote a book called Plant Paradox. After so many people asked me about it, I finally read it. And I, you know, I was surprised because by the way people acted, I, I just wonder if also some of the people that refer to that book hadn't actually read the book, they had just heard a few things about it and then made some really big assumptions about it because Dr. Gundry actually eats beans. And he says in the book, which is what's true about beans, is that the lectins are eroded, they're degraded, so they're neutralized, they're, they're not gonna have an effect on you when the beans are cooked. And particularly he refers to pressure cooking, but it looks like even just uh, regular cooking can significantly reduce the lectins. So lectins are plant proteins that bind to certain carbohydrates, some of which are toxic. You know, that word toxic is so scary. But can we just use a little common sense here, guys? Seriously. Um, we have been eating beans for a long, long time. <laughs> We've been cooking and eating beans for a long, long time. And a lot of the conditions that we are having on the rise in the United States are happening more in this, this generation, this past 
you know, few hundred years as we're eating more and more processed foods and probably less beans. We are only consuming seven and a half pounds of beans per person per year. Some people are not consuming any, I know, because I ask a lot. The beans are not the problem, y'all. It's not. It's not the beans. So let's let's just use a little common sense here. I know you hear something and then you get afraid. Oh my gosh, this thing is toxic to me. Um, beans are not toxic. I'm gonna talk to you about how to cook them to make sure that you are cooking them properly so that they don't disrupt your digestion, which is possible if they're not cooked properly. But the lectins are not a concern. Just cook your beans, okay? Okay, the second thing is phytate. So this is another one of these nutrients, anti, also called an anti-nutrient in food that has been causing quite a stir. So what are phytates? It's a stored form of phosphorus in plants and humans don't have the enzyme to break down phytate. So what happens is that it competes for absorption. It binds to these other nutrients like iron, calcium, manganese, zinc, and then we end up eliminating it rather than absorbing it. So that's why it's called an anti-nutrient. However, a small amount of phytates in our diet can actually have anti-inflammatory and antioxidant benefits, effects. So it's not an all or nothing. We do want to be cognizant of this because some people may struggle a little bit more with their mineral absorption, particularly iron. There are some people that may suffer or have be affected by iron deficiency anemia. And so they need to think about all these little things, make sure that they're optimizing their absorption. There's lots of things you can do. Check out my Nutrients of Concern series from 2020. We talk about optimizing absorption of some of these vitamins and minerals, okay? So for some people, it's a concern. For everybody else, just make sure that you are properly cooking your food. Other things that can reduce the activity of phytates is soaking, which I'm gonna recommend anyway, sprouting, baking, fermenting, processing. You know, I advocate for whole foods as much as possible, but whenever we process some of the foods, it breaks down some of these things as well. But the majority of the phytates are actually destroyed by cooking, and it doesn't inhibit a majority of the nutrients in the beans, okay? So the benefits of the beans far outweigh these two concerns about lectins and phytates, as long as you're cooking your beans, which is what I recommend, and they taste much better that way, okay? Okay, number three, gas. So yeah, we are really hung up on beans and gas. Remember when I talked to you about prebiotics and how our gut bugs love beans? Guess what? When they have a party and they eat a bunch of these resistant starches, these oligosaccharides, these sugars that aren't absorbed, they break them down, they eat them, and then they create gas in the process. And so we should be happy we have gas because it means that we did something good for our gut bugs. However, some people may have more gas than others because they're not yet adapted to the amount of beans that they're eating. So my recommendation is start 
low and go slow. So if you are not used to eating a lot of beans, if you have been avoiding them because you're afraid of gas, start with just a little bit, like literally a tablespoon a day, do that for a week, add another tablespoon, work up from there, but have them regularly. You wanna tend to that garden. If you want your plants to grow, you can't just water your plants once a week, once a month. It's not gonna work that way. There's gonna, gonna be all wilted. You have to water them every day, okay? So the same thing with your gut bugs. You want them to adapt. You want your body to adapt. You need to be regular. You need to be deliberate about this, but you don't have to start. Don't start with a whole cup of beans if you're not used to eating beans yet. And then, the other tip is to start with smaller beans because they're easier to digest. So your lentils and your split peas, your peas, start with those, soak them, rinse them, cook them well, drain them and rinse them again, and then eat them. Okay, so those are things that you can do to make these beans easier to digest, have less gas, but also be happy when you have gas. It means that you are feeding your gut bacteria. They're so happy. And now for a very important message. Hey mama, if you are feeling frustrated about mealtime battles, worried that your child isn't eating enough or eating enough vegetables, afraid that your child is going to get some awful deficiency or disease because of the lack of diversity in their diet, I wrote a book that might be for you. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Did you know that most children are born with the innate ability to eat the appropriate amount of food to satisfy their hunger and support appropriate growth? Despite this, parents are still anxious and confused about how much and what to feed their children. In addition, many children are labeled as picky eaters or develop behaviors such as hiding and sneaking food. There's also a growing epidemic of dieting behaviors and eating disorders beginning at alarmingly young ages. In my book, you'll learn the five pillars of healthy eating, how to apply intuitive eating through all the stages of development, lifestyle habits that support healthy eating and body image, troubleshooting and problem solving for picky eaters, overeating and dieting behaviors, how to create and foster a healthy body image in your children, how exploring your own body image and relationship with food will help raise an intuitive eater, and what foods to offer your child at different stages of development. A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy, available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook through all major online booksellers. Are you ready for a fresh approach to feeding your child? For more information, visit dryami.com forward slash book. And now back to the episode. There's other things that you can do to decrease the oligosaccharides and the gassiness of the beans. There is a sea vegetable called kombu that you can put into the water when you're cooking your beans. You can also use some baking soda. And then there's something called epazote, which is like a, um, an herb that you can put into the cooking water as well. Whenever you're doing uh, canned beans, which is great, there's no problem with canned beans, I just want you to eat beans, however form you can get them. If you're going to be using canned beans, 
drain them, rinse them well, because that water that the beans are in, that brine, is what has a lot of these resistant starches in it. So whenever you drain them, rinse them well, you're getting rid of those resistant starches. You're also getting rid of the excess sodium that may be in some canned beans. But the good news is that beans exist in a lot of different forms. You can get them canned, you can get them frozen, you can get them in other shelf stable like Tetra packs. You can make them yourself. So whenever you make them self, if you make it on the stove or if you pressure cook them, whenever you soak them, I like to soak mine for at least 12 to 24 hours, then that really helps cook them faster. So it you know makes it so you're not cooking them forever. I love that it improves the texture of the beans and then you're also getting rid of some of those resistant starches, decreasing the phytates, decreasing the lectins, although I'm not really afraid of the phytates or lectins. I'm Panamanian, so my, my family has been eating beans for generations and I'm not worried that beans are harming me. I know that beans have a lot of benefits. Okay, so those are all the reasons uh, one of the things that i didn't mention when it comes to the fiber antioxidants vitamins nutrients um, all of these things it decreases our risk of chronic disease so we know that eating beans eating high fiber plant whole plant foods decreases our risk for things like diabetes heart disease high blood pressure dementia all of these diseases of lifestyle that we're used to hearing and talking about it, if you eat more beans, you're going to decrease your risk of those things, increase your risk of longevity. You're gonna feel good because you're gonna feel nice and full and satisfied. You're just gonna be a happier person, okay? So basically, my synopsis is that beans lead to happiness, okay? <laughs> I hope that that's something that you also believe at the end of this uh, episode. But just a few more tips that I wanted to talk about when it comes to beans is besides start low and go slow if you're not used to them, think of creative ways that you can include beans into every meal and snack. They can be eaten anywhere. Just think of the British, they eat beans on toast. I saw somebody post a really creative recipe for that the other day, it looked amazing. But you can also do tofu scramble, you can do chickpea scramble in the morning. Uh, you can use tofu in so many different things. Uh, but also when it comes to kids, how can you include beans in ways that make it more acceptable? because some kids, they may not like the texture of just being right in the whole form. So can you blend it into the pasta sauce? Can you blend it into a smoothie? Can you blend it into your muffins? And if you're gonna do a special treat and make cupcakes, you can blend it into all of those things. You can throw cooked lentils into your pasta sauce and make a lentil, lentil bolognese sauce. There's so many different ways that you can eat beans. And of course, there's the standards that we can all think of, good old beans and rice, a good bowl of beans and rice, your tacos, your burritos, your wraps. You can make dips, so hummus dips or other kind of white beans, black bean dips. You can put those on sandwiches and wraps. It's really endless. I just want you to open your mind, be creative, 
have beans on hand, cook up some beans, keep them in your freezer and your fridge so that you can be inspired to put them into every meal and snack. Another one that I love is roasted chickpeas and you can make those any flavor. You can even make them a little sweet, a little maple syrup with some cocoa powder and it's like cocoa puffs. There's so many different things when it comes to dessert. Everybody's heard of black bean brownies, but there's also chickpea blondies, which I love with peanut butter so yum lots and lots of different ways to use legumes open your mind be creative have fun if you're not used to them if your family isn't used to them start low and go slow but be consistent how can you get a little bit at least of beans every day as you feed those good good gut bacteria symbiotic that's the word finally came to me with that symbiotic relationship with these good gut bacteria you have to foster that relationship it can't be just every once in a while be consistent with that relationship feed those good gut bacteria and watch them grow flourish and thrive it's going to give good feedback to your body and to your brain you're going to feel awesome okay thank you again Courtney for helping me do the research for this episode. I hope that answered a lot of questions that you've had about beans. I hope that it decreases your fear of eating and integrating beans into your diet and that of your family. Tag me on social media, tell me how you are eating beans. If you've had a fear, how you've let go of that fear and started implementing more beans into your everyday diet. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much for listening, my veggie lovers. I hope that you have a very plantastic day. Hey, veggie lover. I hope that you loved today's episode. Will you take a second and do me a huge favor? Please subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss an episode. You're the reason I'm here and I want to share it all with you. Thank you for listening and have a plantastic day.